Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, all you SAG Awards fans, the nominations for the 2021 ceremony have just been announced in film and television, and we are going to talk about everything, all of the snubs, all of the surprises, our favorite um, picks who we want to win. I am Marcus James Dixon. I'm here with Daniel Montgomery and Zach Laws. And Zach, yesterday you were very upset at the Golden Globes for snubbing the Five Bloods. How are you feeling today? Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's good news, bad news, right? Because on the one hand, um, SAG clearly saw the five bloods, which I, I don't know if the Golden Globe voters actually did or not, um, because they nominated it in three categories, including for best ensemble, which is great, but somehow they managed to snub the best performance in the movie. Um, I really need somebody to just sit me down and explain to me in words that I can understand <laughs> how, how Delroy Lindo didn't give one of the five best performances of the year. At this point, I just, I don't know what it is. Like the only theory I can come up with is because his character is a Trump supporter and voters feel like they don't want to be seen as endorsing that. And yet they have no problem voting for Jared Leto as a serial killer <laughs> in the little things. I don't know, maybe they feel like his character is a little more redeemable than, than Delroy's is. I hope um, it's not that because that would be really a really shallow reading of the film. Like it's a tragic character and that's part of his tragic arc. Like it's not like, it's not like that's a celebrated part of who he is. Like it's a Spike Lee film. Spike Lee's not trying to endorse Donald Trump. And, 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 and I mean, that's, that's what's so brilliant about the, about the performance is that it's, it's so multi-layered and, and so textured. I just can't understand, you know, and this is an actor who has been around and, and working for a very long time and has never really gotten his due. It, you know, this felt like the perfect sort of uh, Richard Jenkins and the visitor type of thing. Um, so I got my only hope is that uh, BAFTA will come to the rescue, um, which they, they very like. Which is, which is tricky because BAFTA's <laughs> general, like generally if a black person is on the bubble, they err on the side of not nominating them. I know. Um, but I, he is from England, right? So maybe hometown maybe, advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like, um, and, you know, obviously we can uh, delve into a lot of this um, as we go on, but um, I feel like there's still a lot, like the, we got some more clarity on certain races, um, but I feel like there's still this sense of mystery around what's actually going to get nominated at the Oscars. Like I, I'm not ready to say definitively 
that that something is a lock or something is completely out of the race because of the nature of the season being so uh, unpredictable. And, you know, we, we really don't even know what they're, uh, what they're watching or, or, or no is eligible to be perfectly honest. Um, but I think like the one thing that uh, my, my one big takeaway from this list of nominations combined with the Golden Globe nominations is that uh, our best picture front runner, as far as I can see, is Child of the Chicago 7. It's the only film that got in at both Ensemble and Best Picture at the Globes. Um, I, it tied with four other movies for the most nominations. So, um, Although, if I can interrupt one second, Minari wasn't eligible at the Globes in the film pictures um, category. So thank you for, yeah. But it, so you can count both of them, I think. Sort yeah. of, but Minari still didn't get any of its actors in at the Globes. So it, it sort of got in, you know, because it's one of the highest profile films, not in the English language this year, it got in into the category that was easiest for it. Um, so like if it had been a drama, I'm not sure it would have, it would have gotten in given the way the Globes looked at the rest of it. I was, I mean, if, you know, going off of Minari, uh, 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 what you're saying, that movie really had a big comeback today. Yeah, um, getting and first. an important one because it's such a small movie that like my main question with it was like, I mean, without the usual campaign kind of season, like, is this going to have the reach? Is this going to be able to reach like thousands of members of the nomination committee for them to even have it on their radar? And it got three nominations, including really tough nominations for ensemble and for lead actor Stephen Yoon. Mm. So it's... Uh, it's, it's, it's really, I think this is so much more important for it than the Globes were one way or the other. So like, it's, it's looking really strong. Um, so the, the films that got three nominations are to five bloods, the trial of the Chicago seven Minari and Ma Rainey's black bottom, which had, you know, a good night after, or a good morning. Uh, what time is it after yesterday? <laughs> uh, the Globes snubbed it in a lot of key categories. Um, Daniel, what was your biggest takeaway from the film nominations today for SAG? Um, it was interesting, like the old, like it was good news for almost everybody, but Mank. like, I feel like every film that needed a boost got it. Every film that's sort of already doing well, kept doing pretty well. Like, I mean, no, like Nomadland is sort of on the wire because it's not really an ensemble movie. So it's hard to call that a snub, but it's still, it, you know, films with fewer cast members have gotten into ensembles. So it's still like a little bit dicey there. A Trial of the Chicago 7 was pretty steady. The, the stunt ensemble nomination for Trial of the Chicago 7 was especially impressive since it's not an action movie, although it has those uh, uh, action-oriented protest scenes. Um, so yeah, I, th I think really the big takeaway, the thing that changed the most in terms, you know, from one day to the next was Mank, I think. Mm. Uh, like the fact that it didn't get in for its cast um, and didn't get in for Amanda Seyfried. Like that seemed right. like it would have been like whether or not she wins. It's like, she's one of the safe nominees. It would have seemed like. She's my pick to win the Oscar. I'm going to have to rethink this now. There was always also Regina King uh, uh, a couple of years ago for If Beale Street Could Talk. She won the Golden Globe, was snubbed at the SAG Awards. And we were all thinking, uh, or at least I was thinking like, you know, Will this happen at the Oscars? And it still happened at the Oscars. Uh, so maybe this is a case of that, but remains to be seen. Or it could be uh, Sylvester Stallone, which was the opposite. It could be a Sylvester which Stallone, yeah. we, we should have listened to SAG when they snubbed him. 
Um, a, a couple more snubs I wanted to mention. Uh, no Zendaya, two, two days in a row, you know, Globes and now SAG. Um, some things we were predicting at Gold Derby that didn't get in, The Prom for Best Ensemble, Promising Young Woman, Best Ensemble, um, Andra Day, Best Actress. Um, you mentioned Delroy Lindo, um, Supporting Actress. We were picking Alan Burstyn. Um, you mentioned Amanda Seyfried. <clears throat> and then Supporting Actor, no Paul Racy, no Bill Murray, no Mark Rylance, no Glenn Turman. That's a hard category. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's becoming <laughs> it's becoming harder. I, another person who didn't get in that I, I thought could have made a, a showing today was David Strathairn yeah. um, in Nomadland, <laughs> um, which for me would have made that film's chances even stronger. Because I mean, like, as Danny was saying, you know, it, it was never going to be a SAG ensemble contender um, because it is a cast of, you know, basically totally unknowns and Francis McDormand and David Strathairn. Um, so we know that <clears throat> they don't usually go for that type of thing, especially when they have so many films with all-star casts in them. Occasionally, um, like Beasts yeah. of No Nation is like one of those kinds of like three cast members and the only one anyone had ever heard of at that point was Idris Elba. Um, it's, yeah, it happens, but it's rare, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I don't think that that hurts the movie's chances at the Oscars. It just sort of... Um, makes me think that perhaps um, David Strathairn's chances are not as as great. Although he could uh, potentially get carried along. Um, he could, if, I could see yeah. that happening, like in a Roma situation where like they like the movie so much that it gets the acting nominations that that, that are somewhat surprising. The person who I'm, I know that people want us to talk about since we're on the best supporting actor category is Jared Leto in The Little Things. I think that mm. um, when his name was called Yesterday at the Golden Globes, everyone chalked it up to, uh, well, that's just the Golden Globes going to Golden Globes. <laughs> um, but I, I wonder, I mean, is this something that um, we need to take seriously? I mean, there's been instances of people getting in at both Globes and SAG um, and then not getting into the Oscars. We should also mention that uh, the BAFTA longlist got released today and he was not on it. So uh, he, he won't be uh, contending there. Um, but I, I think that people have to take it a little more seriously than they might have yesterday, considering that he managed to get in um, over all these different people, like you said. I mean, Glenn uh, Turman and, and uh, Coleman Domingo from Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, a movie that they saw and obviously loved. Um, you know, David Strathairn, as we just said, um, even more people from The Five Bloods. Um, and trial the Chicago Seven, so um, I don't know, you guys. What what do you think? I would have I, predicted Paul Racy here, um, but the fact that he's not, I'm going to go with Daniel Kaluuya. I I think that Jared Leto. This this feels like a pattern that we see at the at the in award seasons every once in a while, where an actor in a film that has generally been dismissed or like gotten really mixed reviews uh, has gotten an acting nominee in like a couple of places and then it didn't materialize at Oscar. Uh, it happened with uh, Margot Robbie in Mary Queen of Scots. She got in SAG and BAFTA, I think. Uh, it happened with Nicole Kidman in The Paperboy. She got, I think everything, uh, you know, Globe, SAG, 
uh, and Critics' Choice for that performance. You didn't get an Oscar nomination for it. Um, and then I just remembered another one, Emily Blunt, The Girl on the Train. Uh, she got in SAG and I think she got a BAFTA nom for that too. And it was just like, oh my goodness, is this happening? Um, and so those didn't happen. And I feel like Jared Leto feels like one of those. Uh, though, of course, it would be it, it would be dumb for me to say that it, he has no chance because obviously he got a Globe nomination and a SAG nomination. He has a chance. Uh, but like, I don't, I still don't see it happening at Oscar. Well, switching over to television, um, let me pull up the nominees real quick. The big surprises were Bridgerton, which we did not predict for SAG. Oddly enough, we predicted it for Golden Globes and it got snubbed. I was predicting it for SAG. I don't know about some, everybody else. I actually was too. Um, I didn't, so you can all just. Uh, okay, we can dunk on Zach. <laughs> and then The Great and The Flight Attendant were two more surprises for Comedy Ensemble, which we did not uh, predict collectively at Gold Derby. Some of us may have, but not as a group. Um, what are your guys' big takeaways from the TV nominations? Lots of The Crown, lots of Schitt's Creek. They tied, they both have five nominations apiece. Yeah, my theory is that, because uh, <clears throat> one of the takeaways that I had was that they're like, the, the SAG Awards are usually very set in their ways. It's a very large organization. So there's very, it, it's, they, they tend to uh, not catch on to new things very fast. They nominated a lot of new shows in their first seasons. And I wonder if it's a pandemic thing where a lot of people who belong to the SAG after union haven't maybe been working as much in the last year. So they had time to watch Bridgerton. They had time to catch up on the flight attendant and uh, they had time to watch all of the shows that were getting buzz uh, like the Golden Globes usually do uh, and the SAG Awards usually don't. It usually takes the SAG Awards a year or two to say like, oh yeah, that is a good show and then nominate it. But this year, flight attendant, the great Ted Lasso, Lovecraft Country and Bridgerton, half of the ensemble nominees for TV are, are freshman shows, which is very unusual for SAG. Yeah, generally the rule of thumb with SAG is always a year or two late, and even then they might still not recognize you. Yeah. Um, they, they nominated Lovecraft Country as well, um, although just like the Globes, uh, they didn't see fit to nominate any of the actors uh, individually. Um, Jonathan Majors and, and Journey uh, Smollett, I'm, I'm still... <laughs> I'm still looking for you to show up somewhere. Police um, Majors got in for the cast for Five Blood. And for Lovecraft. I mean, yeah. Oh, Two-time SAG nominee, Jonathan Majors. Congratulations. Um, what I find so interesting, though, is that um, even with all these new shows, it, it looks like, uh, at least for what's going to win ensemble, um, you can look at The Crown, certainly, mm -hmm. uh, and Schitt's Creek. Again, all four of those actors got nominated again. And the, the interesting thing about that is, you know, SAG doesn't have supporting categories on television. They just have actors in comedy, actors in drama, actors in movie limited series. And so the fact that Schitt's Creek was able to get in all four of its main cast members, just like it did at the Golden Globes and just like it did at the Emmys where they obviously have that split. Uh, it certainly speaks to how much residual love the show still has. Now I'm predicting it to an ensemble. I'm not predicting it to necessarily win any individual acting prizes because I think that uh, they could potentially split. Uh, I'm going with my Globes picks, which are mm. Kaylee Cuoco and Jason Sudeikis. <laughs> um, 
my individual uh, drama actor predictions are a little bit, um, you know, a little bit harder. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think could happen over there? Which category? Uh, drama actor and drama actress. That's tough because Jason Bateman won the last time he was nominated, which was two years ago. <clears throat> Peter Dinklage won last year, who's not eligible. So, I mean, they love to repeat at SAG. Will they just give Jason Bateman another one? Maybe they'll go back to Sterling K. Brown, who won the year before. But, you know, there's no This Is Us in Ensemble. Uh, the two-time winner for Best Ensemble is not nominated. So maybe, the, you know, <clears throat> maybe This Is Us is waning in support. Um, I think right now I'm going to go with Jason Bateman. I may put Reggae John Page in second because of the Bridgerton love. And then over on uh, Best Drama Series Actress, I am writing an article now for reasons why Jillian Anderson is winning this. I've been saying it all season. Forget the fact that she's supporting. That doesn't matter. They love these kind of physical transformative roles. John Lithgow just did this. For you go to supporting actors a lot at SAG. Like I remember when <clears throat> Megan Mullally and Sean Hayes would keep winning and Peter Dinklage, uh, you know, so I don't think they mind if it's a supporting performance. Right. And the fact that John Lithgow did it for the same show for the same essentially the same character, you know, the, the prime minister. Um, it, it just, all these patterns are lining up for Jillian to win. And she won twice before for the X-Files. So they know her, they love her, they respect her. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. I think I'm gonna steal that prediction. <laughs> I've stolen from you in the past. So it, it's only right that you steal from me. <laughs> yeah, we steal from each, from each other. That's why we always get the same low scores, you know, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I I I'd probably go with Bateman as well. I think I think Sterling K. Brown is the only one who's probably out there, even though he's a past winner, because he's his. It's the only show that's not nominated for best uh, ensemble out of the actor nominees. Um, so I'd probably go Bateman with maybe O'Connor as a spoiler, uh, and then actress. Uh, yeah, you'd think a triple vote split would be a big problem, uh, but actually a lot of time, there, there have been several occasions where there have been three nominees from one program at the, at the SAG Awards, and one of them wins more often than not. Um, and since Ozark has a vote split of its own with Julia Garner and Laura Linney, I, I too think this was probably gonna be Jillian. Uh, although I could see Emma Corrin, I could see yeah, Emma Corrin. I, could I, feel, I feel like Olivia Coleman um, one, if they want to vote for her, they have the father potentially on the film side. Uh, and they've also been really kind of cool on Olivia Coleman in the past. Like she didn't win last year uh, for, for the crown. Um, and- Yeah, she's never uh, won she, an individual. Yeah, she, she never won yeah. for, she didn't win for the favorite. Uh, yeah, she didn't win for the night manager, which she won the globe for and got an Emmy nomination for. So SAG has been a tougher kind of road for her for, for some reason, which is weird to me. I feel like she, she'd be the kind of person like the kind of uh, like really reliable uh, character actor who's really come into her own as a star um, who they love. So maybe it's just been bad luck. Also, I, th I mean, speaking of Olivia Coleman, I think that we we have to mention the fact that um, since the Hillary Swank and Nat Benning rivalry has cooled off quite a bit um, in this last century, I, I love how the Oscars are now manifesting a uh, Olivia Coleman, Glenn Close <laughs> um, rivalry for us to get all excited about. I mean, isn't this going to be nuts that um, these two are potentially going to be 
neck and neck at the Oscars again, and this time in the supporting category. Um, well, we are basically out of time. I just wanted to mention a couple more snubs that people are really upset about. Brendan Gleeson, The Comey Rule, Uzo Aduba, again, Mrs. America, Issa Rae, Insecure. This one really hurts because she's never, ever been nominated for a SAG Award. And I felt like this was her year. And I'm, I'm bummed about that. Um, but thank you everybody for watching. Please go make your predictions at goldderby.com, SAG Film Awards, SAG TV Awards, Golden Globes, Oscars. Um, there's a lot to do, so go have fun. Thanks guys. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.